You're listening to Who's Driving Your Car Podcast, episode 121. Hello and welcome to the Who's Driving Your Car Podcast, where we discuss not only who or what might be driving your life, but also the great views and experiences along the way. Do you drive in the fast lane like my wife, or do you feel like you're stuck in first gear? You only get one life to live, and it can be either a total wreck or a beautiful cruise into the sunset. We are three friends that have collectively experienced almost anything that could possibly happen in this crazy world, and we'll be discussing our personal reflections and experiences so hopefully you can avoid running out of gas and truly enjoy the wind blowing in your hair. So hop on in with us for a little road trip called life, and let's discuss who's driving your car. Aye! It's Crack Pack Liking Podcast World. Welcome back to Who's Driving Your Car, episode 121. 121. Woo! Man, Craig, I want to start out with uh, the fact that we I feel like we got a whole new member of the cast with us today. I don't even recognize this guy. <laughs> Me either. What's your name, buddy? Uh, Gatsby. My name is Gatsby. <laughs> First name, great. <laughs> now nah, we do have John here, but a whole new look, John. We're going to have to let uh, the listeners take a... We'll get a picture after this and hopefully get it posted with this episode so everyone can get a look in at the new John. John, you want to speak to the fact of why you look like you do and what you look like and the calls and whatnot? Well, you know, over the weekend we was invited to a little fundraising event for uh, McNeese State University Athletics. Um, it was something that uh, my business partner, Sean, invited me to go to, so we didn't have a table, but Sean and them did. And um, it was the Great Gatsby. So it was an event or a gala for, you know, that evening, so... Coming up to it, we've been real busy. I didn't really have a, a costume picked out. I did try to order a uh, 1920s Newsy outfit, but it didn't come in in time. It would, it would have featured some capri pants, and capri pants that were really pulled up high, like to the nipple level, so that would have been really Man. sweet too. But <laughs> Next year, watch out. But yes. it wouldn't come in quick enough. So without a costume, I just turned myself into a costume. So um, I had a pretty full thick beard uh before then so i just went ahead and trimmed in a little mustache and for those of you who don't know what a 1920s mustache is um you basically trim the top and you trim the bottom so you got not really a pencil thin but it's more like a magic marker thin mustache that <laughs> runs across your face so it was pretty tantalizing for all those who saw it so we'll uh, hopefully get a picture of it <laughs> And he had his hair slicked back. Oh, slicked man. my hair back, had awesome. my suit on. So it was uh, some interesting comments <laughs> I got. Real question is, what Wallace think? Yeah, she she's actually one that helped me uh, cut it. It was pretty difficult to do. I bet. Oh, man. Uh, she's used to me changing my looks like that, so it was pretty funny. My in-laws got a kick out of it, too. They're like, we never know what you look like. <laughs> Par for the course over there for yeah. the Wallace crew. Yeah. Well, good, man. I'm uh, I'm glad to hear it was a good event. And, yeah, we'll get a picture out there so people can see because it is a one-of-a-kind. Cece, you were there too, Humbo? I was. We got invited by some friends. Um, they do our insurance. And so had to order the outfit online, had a little hat with a feather mm -hmm. in it, sporting a vest. You know, it was cool. Um, good times. Everybody was dressed up. A lot of, like, the 20s, man. Yeah, it looked like a lot of fun. Sean had invited me too, but I was out hiking with Cannon and Joshua Tree, and I saw the I saw some of the videos. I was telling John this yesterday. I saw some of the videos and saw the photos. I was like, man, what is going on at that event? <laughs> I mean, there was a lot of people there. Yeah. Yep, it was an interesting event. 
So anyway, we are coming to you with a topic, I should have said that at the beginning, on self-sufficiency. Uh, this is really inspired by our brother John here and some of his self-sufficient ways he has going on and then also some of the happenings maybe in the world and how self-sufficiency can play a role in that. Also, um, life and growing up and things like that. So we think it's going to be a good topic today with a uh, a lot of things that uh, hopefully you all can resonate uh, with us on it. But before we get yep, cracking, go in, ahead and resonate. Resonate. <laughs> I just had to throw it in there. It's been too long since I've made fun of you about what you're <laughs> probably was wrongly said. <laughs> I like that I say that. It's probably true. I'll take responsibility for that. Um, but before we hop on into it, we're gonna throw it over to John for the good old segment on Would You Rather. He he seemed to be chuckling, Craig, about he was. this. He so. jumped on it today. So yeah, I know. The longer I thought about it, the more it, it tickled me to see how you you guys are gonna answer. So would you rather have to have assistance eating every meal or going to the restroom once a year? So I got to have assistance every time I eat or just assistance one time when I go to the bathroom? <laughs> one time whenever you go to the bathroom, all in, everything. Oh, man, that's Number funny. one, number two, number three, whatever you're doing. <laughs> kind of depends on who's giving the assistance, I think, Greg. <laughs> and Steve picks. <laughs> yeah. I do get the pick who's assisting <laughs> uh, I feel like Greg can take this first. <laughs> okay, come on, CC. You got it. Okay. And he said the first one, I was like, oh man, that doesn't sound too good. And he said the second one, I was like, that really doesn't sound too good. <laughs> That's right, so, why I knew so it, I couldn't be the equal. lesser of two evils. Mm-hmm. So every meal, someone's basically feeding me. Mm-hmm. Or once a year, they assist. I'm just going to have to suck it up and go with the once a year. Yep, it'll be what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but it's once, right? And the rest of the year, you can just kind of do your thing and eat. But yeah, because some people actually do have to have that assistance quite often. Yeah, yeah. no doubt. And I guess... No yeah, on a yeah. serious level, for sure. Um, on both ends, I guess, right? Yeah. Um, so, God dog it. It'll be weird, but we'll go for it. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, hot dog? You know, my initial gut was, man, I like to be helped. I don't I don't know that I would have a problem with someone feeding me, uh, depending who it was. Yeah, but then yeah. I'm like, man, every meal, three times a day? What about the snacks? days a year? Snacks have been kind of cut out a little bit with the intermittent fasting and whatnot, unfortunately. But... And the second option doesn't sound a whole lot of good to me either, especially if John was picking it. You know, it's like a, you know. We can find you somebody nice. This is a nice person. How bad can that be? One time. I'm going to go with Craig, though, on the, this is one time. Like, how bad can something be doing it once? It's going to be that scarring to me? May. Um, but I'm going to go with uh, that option as well on the assistance going to the restroom just once. Mm, look at that. Look at that. You know, my kids have got me in lockdown right now, especially the baby. Like, he's making me do both every day. What a little punk. Oh, look at that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, um, the feeding every day thing, that would be difficult to, to, to try and manage. You know, you might get tiring. Yeah, I think it would just get tiring having to have that much assistance. Yes, it would probably be a little bit awkward um, having somebody help you out with number one, number two, number three uh, kind of action. But, um <laughs> You know, I'm like y'all. I think I just get want it done and and get it over with. You know, it's probably going to happen to all of us at one point in time in our life. You know, yeah. we're going to need assistance with one or both of those things. So, I'll go ahead and try it off once a year right now. Yeah, it'd have been something if you had upped the ante to like 25 times a year or once a month. Maybe. Yeah, once yeah, a month. yeah. Really I know. Well, look, y'all still were y'all still were. 
contemplating. For, and just for the listeners, John comes up with this randomly like, <laughs> off his head. He's like, I'll take it. I'll come up with something. Well, so. it was it was kind of in the spirit of the self-reliance or yeah. uh, self-sufficiency. That's what kind I was thinking of, thing, of so. the eating every day. Yeah. You're taking yeah. a lot of independency away there, um, too. So we're going to make our way into the topic, and I think a good place to start is again with John. He's kind of been on fire today so far with all his happenings. And that is, he has recently embarked on the idea of having some chickens in his backyard in suburban Lake Charles. Right in the middle of the heart of Lake Charles, he's got chickens. Don't worry, I'm legal. I've got plenty of distance between my neighbors. I think neighbors. it's very questionable, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Extremely. I he would try to have my chickens taken away. Um, but yeah, it's just something that, you know, we got those to produce some yard eggs. Uh, I really enjoy those. My kids love eggs. So you say yard eggs? Yard eggs, mm-hmm. never heard free that range expression. yard eggs, um, farm raised eggs. Got it. But it's uh, you know just something that I enjoy eating those, and they're less available now than they have been. Some of the farmers markets don't you can't get them anymore. So it's something that uh, I wanted to have. I wanted the kids to kind of get that experience to mess so with also the chickens. Have seen some videos and excitement from the yeah. Kids. So <laughs> you know it's just been a fun thing that uh, you know that would be a self-sufficiency thing as far as not having to go and purchase eggs uh here in their short shortcomings so i thought this might have had to do with your upbringing uh living out in the country a little bit nothing to do with that did y'all have no not problem? a whole lot we did have chickens um but we mostly got them after easter so i don't know if anybody else out there has had colored chicks um you know you can get them they'll dye them red blue whatever color you want around easter time but Living out in the country where we were, we didn't have any pins or anything, so they didn't make it very long. The animals got to them, uh, either our dogs or the coyotes or all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. You know, took them out. So um, anyway, just like the yard eggs, man. I want to have the fresh eggs when I want them. I like it, man, and it really is uh, something to me that he has these in the city um, like this. I guess it is allowed. So legal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you ever had anything like that, Greg? Not the chickens. I guess the most extreme I've ever had for self-sufficiency is a garden. I was pretty oh, good. Oh, yeah. You had the garden over there. Is yeah. it still going? No, it turned over over the uh, winter, but I'm going to try oh, and yeah, do it okay, again. Right, but right, it made right. some vegetables. Growing up, always had a garden, a lot of vegetables, kind of got into the soil and how to do it right. And so... I got a nice garden going over there. I appreciated I the garden. My, this time, the wasn't too much sun, so it didn't do as good as it probably could have. But yeah, that was my uh, experiment in self-sufficiency. Not too bad, but... This would be pretty cool. Yeah, growing up, we always had gardens. So we had corn, we grew watermelons, we grew all kinds of things. So it was something that uh, we learned some tough lessons. Uh, so we'd get out there, we'd have to go and throw a little uh, fertilizer on the corn. And then me and my brothers would start fighting and do other stuff like that. And then we were like, oh, let's just throw it all over here. And we'd end up burning the corn. And <laughs> <laughs> you know, you'd see the ramifications for uh, you know your actions. So it was uh, an interesting kind of thing. Yeah, um, I've done a little gardening, too, with one of my good buddies growing up. But, but for me, I'm going to basic down, way down, too. I'm just learning how to cook. So I feel like hey. some of my own self-sufficiency is coming through there on its baseline. I'm still waiting for that. You know, I gave him a couple cooking lessons. We're I made still some waiting. spaghetti like a month ago, man. I wasn't invited hey. over. Did you get to go I try that out? I did the spaghetti that Matt made. But Craig no. probably believes in it. He could probably taste it from where he was. <laughs> <laughs> maybe no. so. Maybe so. You know, I think, you know, having kids, you know, that's something that uh, – you have to ingrain, I think, in your kids growing up to where you teach them small tasks, little things that, you know, show them what they need to do as far as, you know, being in a household, that kind of thing. As far as, you know, the two-year-old, we give him plates and we let him go put out 
plates on where everybody is going to sit. So it's pretty funny. Like he'll go take the plates and he'll go say, Daddy, Mommy, and go in and name everybody around the table. So uh, he just started doing that last week or taking out the trash, doing other things like that. So it's things that I think that we need to start with our kids at an early age to teach them. Uh, you know, what's appropriate, what's necessary, what's helpful uh, as far as living normal daily life. Yeah, I think it's uh, your natural instinct to want to help them, you know, not suffer, or go through pain. So you want to hold their hand all the time, give them all these little, you make it easy for them. But mm-hmm. a lot of time, give them responsibility, letting them kind of fail, you know, have those bumps and bruises. And I don't know when that right time is. I feel like when they're babies and kids, you... You, uh, you love and nurture them, but like Steve's already gotten them setting the table and <laughs> little responsibilities. I wasn't so good at that early on with some of my kids, so getting them to do housework is still a little bit of a challenge, but they know enough to, to get the job done and you know cook for themselves, homework, you know these sorts of things where, hey, you got to kind of figure it out. Mm-hmm. Like I can help you to an extent, and I will, but I think if you kind of do that and, and try not to always be there to pick them up every... You're there, you're guarding them, you're protecting them, you're not going to let them hurt themselves, but... I think those are good opportunities to let them kind of get a little stronger because one day they won't be under your house and uh, you hope that you give them the right tools to, to go out and be good young adults and contribute to society. Absolutely, and, and I can't relate to that because I don't have any kids, but I can relate to it a little bit in the working world, and I think we probably all can. Like when we first started working, I uh, had a little help um, probably from somebody we were working under or something like that, but eventually, and in my case, very quickly, you just get thrown to the wolves and it's like, hey, you got to try to figure this out become self-sufficient within a working environment and not lean on other people, um, you know, because you don't want to slow people down from an efficiency standpoint and things like that. And then for me personally, deal with it with staff, people working for you. You know, I think there's a line there uh, where you got to, you know, let the people go that are working for you. They're an extension of yourselves, as I was telling a client this Mm -hmm. morning. Um, And I think it's important to train them just like you would teach a child to do something. But eventually they've got to become self-sufficient and do their own thing, too. So working to get done. What do you all think about that aspect of things? Yeah. You know, there's definitely something that's super prominent uh, going through my school. And I know it is Mm -hmm. for CC also um, to where, you know, you learn all of the anatomy, physiology. You learn how all of the different things work. And then whenever you start putting it into practice, you You've got people that are looking over your shoulder, making sure that you don't hurt anybody. <laughs> so uh, I think it, it's a it's a neat process that even as adults, we still need those baby steps. We still need that guidance um, to protect ourselves and other people from, um, you know, doing things that may be harmful before we're actually ready for it. You're right. And it's kind of like taking a leap of faith uh, in the early days of anything. I think we kind of fake it till we make it, right? <clears throat> You've been given mm-hmm. the tools and you, there's like that confidence, that kind of like going off the end of the diving board and you're staring at the water. It's like, okay, I'm going to jump or I'm going to get pushed. But one of the two is going to happen. And I think, you know, when we challenge ourselves as we go through new chapters in life, whether it's a new job, new career, a new skill set, you can become self-sufficient in that skill, but you just have to kind of go for it and trust your instincts and know that over time, um, whatever it is you're trying to achieve in that category of self-sufficiency, you can with a little experience and just believe it in yourself. And, you know, I think it's something that even – you know, I've been out practicing 17 years now, and how long have you been out, CC? Shoot, since 07, so not as 14, 15 okay. years. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, we've been doing it for a while, and, you know, I also have things where I see something on the image or I go and I run it by, you know, my mm-hmm. brother or one of the other guys that I practice with. Or if it's something that's a, an imaging question, I'll call the radiologist and say, this is what I'm seeing, what do you think? And, you know, even with, you know, me, me being self-sufficient, so to speak, uh, there are still other people that you can 
rely Absolutely. on to, to mm-hmm. ask for things that are maybe more skilled in one particular area. So I know we talk about that a lot. You know, there's there's always somebody who's probably a little bit better than you in, you know, a little niche area that you can go to for advice, for counsel, for things that you may be uh, not 100% clear on. So I think that can happen in a lot of different aspects of our life um, also. Yeah, I think that's a line you got to walk with self-sufficiency. You don't want to become too self-sufficient that you, you know, maybe get too prideful or won't ask. That's something I don't have a problem with. I like to ask some questions and learn. And if it's something I don't know and someone can know better, I'm definitely going to do it. What do y'all also think about one of the pros of being self-sufficient, especially probably in the eyes of when we were kids or your children or someone working for you or when you were working, all these examples were given of, the feeling of it, you also gain some independence from that, you know, doing something with your own two hands, so to speak. John's out there uh, with his chickens, getting some eggs in the mornings. That's kind of cool. You know, you don't have to go to the grocery store and do it. Or if you have a garden, the feeling of being able to uh, have the little old saying of did it with your own two hands versus someone holding your hand or doing it for you. What do you think about the, the benefit of the independence part of it? I think it's great for um – for human beings just in general to have that self-worth, that self-satisfaction of accomplishment, of um, importance, of individual, you know, self-value. So I think it's something that can be lost if it's something that you're maybe not doing something that you feel a real purpose uh, towards in your life, you know, achieving anything like that. So I think it's something that's a great value and can be damaging um, if too much is withheld from people or they just don't have the want or desire to achieve it. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> and like the old saying, if you're not growing, you're dying, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're growing towards something or trying to move forward and improve your life, improve a skill set, I think you feel more alive mm-hmm. than just kind of letting the wind blow you left and right. Um, even in your career, I mean, some people are more, you know, dependent upon certain things they can't control, you know, and some of the, for some of us, that's our, our career, how we get paid financially, um, maybe our our uh, psychological health, our fitness. There's things that other people ha- have way too much control over. Sometimes it's our government. And um, so what are ways that we can sort of become more self-sufficient without having to rely on those things? And I think going through that process of trying to learn that new skill, mm-hmm. that new thing that maybe improves one of those things and makes you a little more self-sufficient in one of those categories makes you feel more alive, you know, moving Absolutely. in a positive direction. Yeah, another thing that comes to my mind, too, is uh, in order to become self-sufficient, I think you got to fail somewhere along the way. Uh, you know, you're going to try to learn the skill from somebody, and then you can, you know, take the training wheels off the bike, so to speak, and you start going down the road, and you might fail, and then you learn from the failure, tweak it, get better, tweak it, get better. Could be John and these chickens. I'm pretty sure he's probably moving them all over the yard. We don't know what he's got going on over there. <laughs> it's he's, true. They wake up every day. They're like, where are we today? <laughs> <laughs> he's probably trying different things over there uh, with the setup and whatnot. Um but what do y'all think about that idea too? That in order to become self-sufficient, I think you got to go through some sort of a growth process, like Craig just said, not growing, you dying, um, and some type of failure, and being able to learn from the failures to become more self-sufficient. Yeah, I, I think that's necessary, um, and and I think you know people who try to say that they don't have any failures or they're you know the quick success story. Most of those people are not being a hundred percent honest. Mm-hmm. Um, that even though things might have gone relatively smoothly, um, I think it's extremely rare that everything goes according to plan and you knock it out first Word, try. Bro. So, uh, you know, I think that's something that's great, that it, it's something that if you can analyze whatever the issue is and try to find out where you went wrong in that process, it's, it can be a great tool as far as learning, changing, changing directions and getting in the direction that you want to go and achieve your ultimate goal. 
Yeah, and I think, like you said, taking steps forward, whether you fail or not, every day, step forward, step forward, you fail, step forward, you fail, step forward, keep moving. Eventually, you reach that point that you look back and like, holy cow, I got here. And then you finally accomplish that, that, that thing that you were pursuing. You know, something to kind of circling back earlier, we talked about self-sufficiency, and y'all mentioned, you know, being part of a team or a family. Sometimes you hear a group saying, we're self-sufficient, right? So maybe, mm-hmm. you know, maybe we all bring a certain skill set to an, uh, a situation where we need self-sufficiency as a group, and uh, and we can rely on each other's talents and gifts. And I was just giggling about uh, Steve's yard eggs, and I live on the water, so I can get some crabs. Steve gets the yard eggs, and Matt can cook the omelet. <laughs> <laughs> Therefore, we are self-sufficient. Uh, that's a lot funny. on the third part of that puzzle. But Talk hey, you about, know what? man, catch the fish, too, right off the deck. Man, Woo, yeah, that's hungry. a definite way. If Craig gets the garden going, I mean, my goodness. Give me a real pick over there. I know. <laughs> and, uh, I think that's important, too, to know your role, too, within a group or something uh, of being self-sufficient. We all have something, a gift, a talent that uh, God gives us that we can either use in our own ways or help someone else. So I think that's a great point, Craig. Yeah, if you think about it, all day we're working within our construct of our job or home, mm-hmm. and you could say that we're self-sufficient, quote-unquote, in those entities, but because we have a team. So in my clinic, I'm, quote, self-sufficient, but I've got you know, an awesome group of individuals that help me accomplish it, just like I know y'all do in your fields. Um, Absolutely. You know, maybe our family's self-sufficient to an extent that I offer what I offer to my family, but everybody kind of does what they do. And so I think it's just something kind of fun to think about. So what do you think about those people who want to be self-sufficient as far as in their daily life um, and the spiritual aspect to say that I'm self-sufficient, I don't need anything else, any higher being? I would disagree. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, don't, I can't go much more than that. I think that uh, we, we need the Lord in everything we do, uh, as I like to pray. He needs to be at the center of thoughts, words, and actions. Um, I think sometimes we do tend to think as humans that we don't need that, and we are self-sufficient, and we you know can get off the path, but ultimately we do need that guidance. 100%. If you think you're going to rely on yourself to face this world and its challenges and everything that you've got, um, good luck. Cause, Thanks um, for the layup question, John. Yeah. That well, was, that you're was good. welcome. You know, I agree. And, you know, I think it's something that, you know, all of us have spoken about before where, Mm -hmm. you know, some of those times in our lives where we maybe thought we were going to be a little bit more self-sufficient and we quit paying attention to our spiritual life, that that component of it where things kind of just went off the rails. So it was something that, uh, you know, maybe that uncomfortable situation that occurred as a result of that was just a general reminder that, hey, guess what? You're not self-sufficient. So anyway, something I wanted to bring up to you fellas. Great point. All right, guys, um, we hope you've enjoyed the topic so far. I think you can enjoy it a little more here as we move ourselves into the good old what made you hit the gas, what made you pump the brakes, and we're going to flip it to John here, and we're continuing on, I believe, with the theme of self-sufficiency. Johnny, what you got for us, bud? What you, you gassing, breaking, what you got? Man, I'm not, it's kind of a double, I guess. Perky I'm just going to throw it out there, and y'all tell me what y'all think, you know. Got these chickens going on i didn't want to wait a full six months before uh, i was able to start harvesting some eggs so i bought some little teenage chickens um so uh, after several weeks started getting a couple eggs so i'm excited about it we're going out there and i've shared the videos with y'all with the kids the kids are just going insane they think, they think it's the best <laughs> thing ever and then I started noticing I was getting more eggs than I should have gotten. And the eggs, not all of the eggs looked like they should have looked for the breed of chickens that I had. So I'm like scratching my head. I'm like, something's going on here. Something's not quite right. And come to find out, when I go to open those eggs to eat an omelet, 
Some of them were hard boiled. <laughs> <laughs> so, man, I think the chickens might have just been hitting the gas and cooking them for me so they'd be ready. And also, like y'all noticed yesterday, in even video, better here. yesterday, yeah. I got some Cadbury eggs. So. Hey, man, these chickens. Anyway, <laughs> these chickens are pretty generous. They're pretty generous. I don't really know if you categorize that gas or brakes, but man, it's something. I'm going to be. I don't know what they're going to make next. being self-sufficient over there. <laughs> I, know, I don't know what they're going to make next. Those chickens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, guys. We appreciate everybody tuning in with us this week. If you have any thoughts, tips, guidance on uh, self-sufficiency, we would love to hear from you. If you get a chance to rate, review, or subscribe to the podcast, that would uh, mean a lot to us as well. And until next time, we'll catch you all later. Aye. Hey, y'all. If you've been enjoying picking up what we've been laying down, subscribe and never miss an episode. Find us on social media and let us know who's driving your car this week. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Who's Driving Your Car Podcast. Perfect timing, sun is shining, nothing more I need. Yeah. If you feel Sing with me